Hey, welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and to trust Him more. To keep up with us or to get more information, visit celebrationchurchlive.com. Amen. Uh, well, today we're kicking off a, um, a new series uh, called Beginning. And obviously at the beginning of the year, it's kind of a pretty good time for us to analyze and look at what's involved in beginning strong and beginning good. Because that's the truth is, that's what we all want. We all want a strong beginning. But I think you'll see by the end of this that where the, the life is, is simply beginning. It's simply moving forward. And our, our jump off point for our notes over this uh, next few weeks is this idea that, that life, life works best when we begin with God. God's the author of life. God is the one who created everything. If you were going to read through the scriptures and read through the Bible this year, um, which guess what? Um, just a little heads up. You can read the entire Bible in a year and it takes you about 15, 18 minutes of reading a day. Um, if you've, that's a little intimidating, you can read through the entire New Testament in about five to six minutes of reading a day. And I would just encourage you to just kind of bring that into to one of your daily, uh, to one of your daily disciplines. Um, but if you started out in Genesis, you read right at the beginning that it says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. We need to include God in our beginnings. That's where they start strong. And guess what? Here on the first Sunday of the year, um, you're at church. You're here. You're you, you're tuned in online, you're connecting with us, you're, you're prioritizing beginning with God. But right now I want to just go ahead and move the, the weight that can somehow begin to sink in and become a part of any fresh decision. Um, anything that begins to be something we're intentional about, that the enemy will begin to come in and lay this weight on our shoulders and we try to carry the responsibility for the whole thing on day one. Which guess what? You can't live out the whole thing on day one. So why do we carry the weight on day one? Matthew chapter six, verse 33, this is Jesus teaching. And he says, but, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Will be, this is a progressive thing. If we'll seek him first, he's gonna begin to systematically add all of these extra things. And these things that he's talking about, he's talking about our daily necessities. He's talking about what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? What are we gonna wear? He's like, we can get all fixated on the things that it takes to just kind of do life. Where if we'll seek him first, he'll make sure we're taken care of. It'll be this progressive thing. The thing is, is we're used to transactional, okay? We want to make a transaction and get everything immediately where God is relational. And he wants to, for us to follow him and connect with him and to live life. It's less about the, the, what happens in that moment as it is about what's gonna happen in all the moments. And if we'll give him each moment, he'll take care of all the moments as we move forward. And beginning, beginning can be a challenge because 
so many times we, we have, we think about the whole thing. Now I'm not going to ask you right now. I'm not, we're, we're on January 7th. Um, some of you had some plans, some desires, some goals for 2024 and we're seven days into it. And I'm not going to say, okay, who's already busted their, ruined their, their new year's resolution on day seven. I'm not going to ask you to do that, but the stats are, it's a lot of people in the room, you know, and you're already like 2025. That's my year. 2025. You know, this was kind of already trashed. We're just going to kind of like make the best of it. But man, I too, I'm going to start out 2025. So good. And, um, and it's amazing how we begin to, to quit on things because, because beginning is tough and we'll take the weight for the whole thing on us right from the beginning when really all we need to do is what's required next. Now, I know this last week was heartbreak for all of the Longhorn fans in the room. I'm so sorry to all you Longhorn fans. Okay, but there in, the, in, in the history of Longhorn athletics, there, there are some bright spots we can look at for all, all the Longhorn fans. And um, the, there, was a, uh, there was a swimmer by the name of uh, Kim Lineham. And she was a swimmer in the early 80s. Um, she was an Olympian, um, held two different world records, um, was just a, an amazing athlete. She's in UT's um, Athletic Hall of Fame, and they, they've em, embraced her and, and honored her and that she got inducted in 2008. And um, she was being interviewed when she was then at the peak of her performance, and she was swimming. She was a, 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 did the distance stuff. She, she had the 400-meter world record, and... Um, and then had the uh, 1500 meter world record. I mean, she just swam a long, long distance and she would train and swim seven to 12 miles a day. Okay. Um, that's a long way to walk every day. It's seven to 12 miles a day. It's a, it's a really good jog to do seven to 12 miles a day. She is swimming seven to 12 miles every day. And, and of course, performing at the, at the highest level, setting world records and, and, and competing in the Olympics and doing all of these amazing feats. And, and of course, her, her workouts are, are rigorous. And, and the um, reporter is asking her, says, what's, what's the hardest part? You know, your workouts are legendary. What's, what's the hardest part of your workout? And she said, getting in the pool. Just getting in the pool, just getting in, just starting is the hardest part. And so much, the things that, the big things that God's called us to, the things that God has wired you to step into and to move towards, they, the hard parts are just going ahead and taking the step you can do. Everybody can just get in the pool. But guess what? It's a hard thing for a world record setter as well. The hard thing for you and I is the hard thing for everybody else too. The difference is, is they begin. You and I just need to begin. The other challenge that makes beginnings hard is they're not always glamorous. Great beginnings that end up with accomplishing great things don't always look that impressive when you get them started. The very first light bulb 
The very first light bulb that was created as they're doing the experiment, making sure all of their wires are set up and having to inspect the setup. Look at the socket and check everything that's coming out of the socket as this little thing is glowing. They're having a win. And to be able to see the socket, they had to light a candle and hold a candle up to inspect what was right under the light bulb. Um, that's not a very good light bulb if you can't even see the socket, but, but it was a start. It, it, was, it was a beginning. It got started. Orville and Wilbur Wright, their very first flight lasted 12 seconds. 12 seconds. I mean, you didn't get it. You couldn't have an in-flight movie. You couldn't have an in-flight commercial. Like, it was 12 seconds long. It was, it was, and they flew from that wall to that wall. Was the, that was the, the feet that they flew. No, it wasn't just absolutely like this is going to revolutionize everything. It didn't, it didn't show that everything was going to actually absolutely be forever changed in the way humans got around. But it was a beginning the early adopters to automobiles. Somebody had to buy them for people to begin to manufacture them and people who were like, yeah, this is the new technology. This is what's going to be out here. They actually purchased automobiles and the first automobile sold traveled two to four miles per hour and broke down all the time. And so there would be these people who were in their little motor coach and on the side of the road trying to make their, their amazing new contraption work. And there'd be somebody with a, with, a, with a carriage come by and literally yell at them, get a horse, you know, and thinking that, you know, that they were on the winning side. And these people who were struggling were actually on the front side of an entire revolution and travel. It just wasn't glamorous. It didn't look like it was going to change everything. Some of the first starts, some of the first beginnings don't look like they're going to make massive changes. But I'm here today, the little starts God wants you to do, he's stirring up in your heart to do, they're going to do more than you think they're going to do. They're going to make a bigger difference than you think. God is stirring you towards prayer. Like, oh, I don't know how to pray. Prayer's conversation with God. Just start every day and just make a decision that I'm going to acknowledge God's presence. He's omnipresent. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to say, good morning, God. And then I'll just open my mouth and say whatever comes out. And if it is a 45 second prayer, it's 45 seconds. If it ends up turning into four to four or five minutes, because of the things that are heavy on my heart, then they'll turn into minutes. But the hardest part of getting started in prayer is opening your mouth. It's not you want to spend more time in the scriptures, spend more time reading the word. The hardest part is opening your Bible. It's just go ahead, pick it up off the nightstand or the coffee table or open the Bible app and go ahead and click it open. The challenging thing is when you open your phone, there's another app already open. And the next step is closing that app and opening the Bible app. And all of a sudden, that's the step that's transformative. It doesn't look glamorous. It doesn't look revolutionary. But as you close the one app and you open the Bible app and you begin to put God's word in you, 
a revolution has begun. A new beginning has started. We need to embrace the truth that the big beginnings God has for us start with just the simple things you can already do. God is not asking anybody in the room to do anything you can't do right now. But my dream is something I can't do. Absolutely it is. Of course it is. God's called you to do things only you can do in him. But the next step is something you can do. The next step is always something you can do. And then he fills in the gaps. See, all things that bring life begin with God. And you need to understand this. Your your heart right now is desiring for 2024 to be a lot better on a lot of fronts, okay? You know, if you are, you know, open your social media apps, the ads are just boom, boom, boom. The ads are just hitting like crazy, okay? The ads for transforming your finances, man, you're just seeing the stuff to transforming your fitness, whether it is workout videos or, or some sort of the newest pill or herb to be able to do things. And there's all sorts of things hitting here at the first of the year. And, and the truth is, if, if you're listening to the Holy Spirit in your life, he's going to talk to you about those things. He's going to talk to you about your finances. He's going to talk to you about your health. He's going to talk to you about what you're putting in your body. Why? Because you're to be a steward of all of those things. He's given you those things and you're supposed to steward them. So he's going to talk to you about those things. But if you ignore him and decide to to handle the things that he will talk to you about, but leave him out of the picture, you, you can't have a real win because you need to understand this that life doesn't get better unless it gets better spiritually. Amen. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. And you know it. You know the truth. We've seen it over and over again. People, a person who hits the pinnacle of success in their career and they're empty as can be. Empty. Somebody who has all the money and resources and they can buy anything they want and they're totally and completely empty. The relationships are in the trash. They they cannot begin to interact with people in a healthy way. Everything is a mess. And then we know people on the other side of that equation. People that if we looked at and inspected them on the outside, they said, well, you know, you know, they could, their house could be a little better. You know, their, their car could not very nice. This and this is going on, you know. You know, they're just in a mid-level position, entry-level position at their job. And they're alive spiritually. They're connected with God spiritually. They're at a place. And you see this peace that if you don't know where it comes from, you can either envy or hate. But if you know where it comes from, you get inspired to lean in and embrace what God is is doing in their life. Why? Because life doesn't get better. It doesn't actually get better unless it gets better spiritually. And that's why having and cultivating our next steps with God is absolutely vital. Genesis 1-1, again, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I love the way Eugene Peterson put it in the message translation. He says, first this, God created the heavens and the earth, all you see and all you don't see. He created the earth and the heavens. The spaces we are called into but can't see yet and the spaces we have to deal with every day. 
your dream of what God's built you for, he's the one who can see it. You can't see it yet, but he can see it. So why would you exclude the one who sees what you can't see? The author of the things you can't see. If we're gonna move forward with God and begin to step into what your heart is crying out for in him, you have to embrace the author of the things you cannot see. We have to embrace him and let him be at the core of our win. We see in Exodus 20, which we see is the 10 commandments. And in verse three, it gives us the very first commandment. It says, you'll have no other God before me. You have no other God before me. And that's him not just being all jealous and clingy and, you know, and saying, okay, no, no, it's just all about me. No, he understands. You can't have anything else in your life that you value, that you protect. You make your decisions around, that's, that's a God to you. That's a God to you. And you can't have anything else before him. He's got to be in the lead. He's got to be the foundation. Why? Because only he is big enough and strong enough to build your life on. You build your life on anything else and something's going to fall off that foundation. It's not big enough. Having perfectly put together finances isn't going to fix your relationships. It's not. Like, well, I fight with my spouse all the time about money. It's not about money. It's about unaligned priorities. You can have a lot of money and still have unaligned priorities. You're still going to fight. That's not what it's about. You need to let God come in. And only he has the foundation wide enough, deep enough, high enough, strong enough to be able to actually build your life on. That's why we can't have any other God before him. Now, some of you are in this space and I want to commend you for going with this prompt that happened in your heart. Some of you are online right now and you're in this moment because of this prompt that happened in your heart. And, and um, it's a good place to start, but it's, it's not a good place to finish. And that prompt is, I need, man, I need to add God into my life. I need to, I need to get back into my, my God thing, my, my God relationship thing. And you know what? That's, 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 that's a good prompt. It's a good thing. And, I, and I'm thankful that you responded to it. And I'm thankful that you're here in this space. If that's what got you to tune in or show up in person, however it is, you're connecting right now. But I wanted you to do is I want to give you a new frame. I want to give you a new way to be able to kind of look at this. And I'm telling you, if you'll embrace this, it's going to change the way you interact with God. And it's going to change the way you interact. With things. And instead of looking at God being something you need to add to your life, let's step back and let's look at this from heaven's perspective. See, God existed and does exist in perfection outside of all of creation, but then decided, made a decision to create. And then he made a decision to create you. You are someone God added to his life. You're someone God added to his. It's not that you need to add God to yours. 
its need to, em- to embrace the fact that you exist because God added you to his. If you embrace the truth that you exist because God added you to his life, well, then now all of a sudden you're like, okay, God, what was your plan in this? What was your thought in this? If you think that you're some sort of accident, you're some sort of fringe thing, and maybe you do the right things, and God might like let you be like added in and connected maybe, then you're going to end up in this religious activity spiral that you will quickly get tired of and just walk away from, and I wouldn't blame you. But when you understand you were created to be connected with the author of life himself, that he chose to add you to him, then all you're doing, all you're doing is responding to his heart for you. That's all you're doing. That's all this is. Our life in him is responding to his heart for us. See, in creating life, the first thing that God did was to separate the light and the darkness. We see that in Genesis. He separates the light and the darkness. And if you're going to cooperate with God's plan for your life, you've got to let him do some separating of light and darkness. Praise God that the first thing he did whenever salvation came to you and I is that he brought us out of death into life and made us heaven ready, boom, right now. If you have placed your faith in Jesus, you're alive in Christ and you're the deadest you will ever be right now. Because as soon as we're done with this earth suit and we've we're, we're out of here. The scriptures tell us that, that mortality gets swallowed up by life. We get to step out of little life and go into big life. And it is awesome and it is beautiful. And God handled that part of salvation right from the beginning. The eternal part, which is the most important. But while you and I are on this planet, while you and I are still here, there's some more salvation that we need to embrace and allow. And he saved us from the effects of sin originally. That's step one and the most important, the biggest part that needed. But then he needed to save us from ourselves. And that is the renewal discipleship part. Why? Because you and I create more problems for ourselves than are ever generated on the outside. And so we let him begin to redefine our lives. And there's sadly lots of people who are like, yes, Jesus saved me and take me to heaven, but leave this part alone. Just let me do my thing. And he's like, I love you too much to let you do your thing. That is for me to be okay with you hurting yourself. No, he's not okay with it. So he is going to help you move more and more and more from darkness into light. And um, we see in the truth in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and to destroy. But there's another side to that. That Jesus says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Deuteronomy 30, 19 reminds us that I said before you life and death, blessing and cursing and to choose life. If any of you are on a diet right now, um, you're very active in the separating 
for what is good and what is not good. That's what a diet does. It says, I can have some of this. I don't need to have some of that. This is going to help me move forward into my health and the way that I want to look and, and my body to function and all that a diet should be. A diet should be more about a healthy body than a healthy body, if you know what I mean. And so, um, but when we do it, it should be about moving towards and being a good steward of our health. But every diet, it separates things out. Um, when you're not on a diet and all of a sudden you go to the restaurant, you look at the menu and you see that and you're just like, man, that looks good. Give me some of that. But when you're on a diet, you say, what's in that? I want to know what's in that because this is going to affect me and I need to separate the life from things that bring life from the things that bring death. God has called us. Your whole life is impacted that way. Your whole life is. And so that is what Jesus has come to do. John 1, 4 says, in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The people you connect with who aren't alive in Christ, they're not going to get it. They're not going to get it while you came to church today and why you're going to come to church again. They're not going to get it. Why, why are you spending some time reading the Bible and you, you had a big decision and you're praying about it? Why are you, why are you praying about it? They're not going to get it. The, the scriptures say they, the darkness does not understand it. And so we don't have to feel attacked. Don't feel attacked by them when they don't understand it. They don't understand it. So don't respond harshly. Respond in love. Respond with some kindness. Okay? They're not going to understand it. Scripture's given us a heads up on it. Okay? But you and I do. And we do understand what's at play in this place. John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke again to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. If we'll just follow him, we just follow him. He's going to carry us forward in the next step in our life. See, God will give us the vision for the life-giving things that we should be pursuing. He'll give you vision. He'll help you to see what God has called you into. 15 years ago, uh, we were getting celebrations started and had a good friend of mine in ministry that I'd have some coffee with on a regular basis and just talk about it. Just had, you know, ideas. Celebration Church was an idea. And um, he kept, he'd bring this up over and over and over again. He kept saying, God wants and is called original ministry. He wants original ministry. He doesn't want copycats. He doesn't want cookie cutter things. And man, preachers and ministers, we're like everybody else. I mean, we, you know, like, hey, what's the formula? What is, what's the model? What's at work here? How does this going to function? What's the best small group model? What's the best Sunday morning model? How do we need to set up our teams? All of those different things. And, and understanding best practices is healthy. But understanding God wants original ministry Amen. is what is is what is vital. And see, what you need to understand is that God has called you to original ministry. God has called you. You have been created to be a unique expression of him on this planet. You're made in his image. You're made in his image. And how sad would it be for us to take that image, that beautiful, that beautiful diamond 
And if he just coated in the good old West Texas red arroyo mud and never show its true character. Exist here, but never sparkle, never be seen. And the scriptures tell us that God loves us and he cleanses his bride with the washing of the water of the word. And as we're around his word, he begins to just wash it and reveal. And first, it's one little chunk, one little facet of that jewel that you are that shows up. And you let him continue to, to work and he removes the mud and the murk from another facet. And our hope and our goal is by the time we've lived out our life that we're as much of a reflection of our original design as we possibly can be. And that's how the prayer that's been prayed forever, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, gets fulfilled is you and I letting him renew us and reveal the real us to the world. Because in that, he begins to reveal a little bit of himself to the world as well. We're going to have to wrap up here. Pretty hours. Every time I'm out of the pulpit, I'm way too long-winded. <laughs> I'm like, pack way too much. In. And so we are not going to cover all of your notes. Let's just get to this idea. That life-giving vision only produces results when connected with life-giving action. That's the only time it fully, it fully works. Let's close with 1 John 1, 4. It says, we write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Folks, God has not called any of us to do this on our own. You're not gonna be renewed by yourself. This thing of you and Jesus together, that, that's all it takes. It's not the way it works. It's this place of fellowship and connection and, and see all these things of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. It all requires being connected with others. And so as you're stepping into this year, God is going to lead you. And you just need to take the next step. That's all it is, just the next step. Not the whole thing, not the whole vision, just the next step. And let him add the fullness that he wants to in the relationships he's called you to be in. See, in the perfection of the garden when God was creating, the only thing we see him fix was aloneness. Looked at Adam, said it's not good for man to be alone. And then he creates again and he creates woman. That's the only thing in the garden we see him fix. You're not called to do this by yourself. You're called to do it in family, which is why we have small groups. And, but I tell you what, you, just, you get with people who are going in the same direction, pulling the same load, yoked together. Man, I'm telling you, God will, God will use that to transform your life. Our bottom line this morning is this, that live in the light and truly have life. And all you have to do is just take the next step. And everyone here, everyone here this morning 
knows what next step you need to take. On some front and some place, you know what next step you need to take. Maybe it is begin to just spend some time in God's word. Maybe it is begin to just pray. Maybe it's begin to have a tough conversation with a loved one. Maybe it's your attitude at work. Maybe it's your attitude towards yourself. But the Holy Spirit's been pulling on you. He's been leading you to life and you have a next step. And here's your problem. Here's why you've held back. Is you think that if you take that step, you're responsible for the whole journey. And you have to have the whole journey mapped out. It's not true. He's going to lead you on the next one. Just take the next step. That's all you got to do. And as you take the next step, you walk with God. You walk with him. And you take the next step and you walk with him. And you take the next step and you walk with him. And then he takes you where only he can take you. God's got great things for you this year. You just walk with him. Thank you for listening to this message from Celebration Church. You can keep up with all that God is doing here at Celebration by following us on Facebook and Instagram.